This is The Guardian. Today, how did US security files end up in a gaming chat room? Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you're into computer games, then there's a good chance you're on Discord. Almost 200 million people use this chatroom platform to share their play, message their friends and trade memes. So it might have seemed like a joke to the teenagers who were part of one Discord group when a few months ago, a user called OG started sharing what he claimed were secret US intelligence files. Hundreds of pages of texts, as well as maps, which showed what the US government knew about the war in Ukraine. The papers were creased and shot in poor light, though you couldn't miss that many of them carried the emblems of the Department of Defense. Intelligence officials in the United States are quickly trying to determine the source of leaked Pentagon documents that reveal key details on the war in Ukraine, as well as intelligence gathering in Asia and the Middle East. At the start of April, the documents were leaked from inside that private Discord channel and onto the wider internet. It may be the biggest U.S. intelligence breach since Edward Snowden leaked... And now the U.S. government has to deal with what's become the biggest security leak in years. Urgent investigations, very urgent investigations are underway into the leak. And now the FBI's arrested a suspect. Jack Tessera, who is 21, was arrested by FBI agents. How did this happen? And what does it mean for national security? ABC Senior White House... What's happened isn't just embarrassing for the Defence Department. These papers reveal secrets that could change the course of the war in Ukraine and damaged the US's relationships with countries around the world. How could they have spread so easily? And what's to stop another leak like this happening? From The Guardian, I'm Hannah Moore. Today in Focus, the Pentagon leaks. Manisha Ganguly, you're an investigations correspondent at The Guardian and you're among the journalists who've got hold of some of these classified documents. They've been on quite a journey through internet chat rooms up to this point. Tell me about how they ended up online in the first place. So these documents containing classified military secrets from the Pentagon were actually posted on a video game chat platform called Discord. The user who posted it used the handle OG and posted on a closed group. A lot of the content in this closed chat room was racist and anti-Semitic. Now, 
we understand that OG started posting these documents as early as January of this year and continued posting them well into February. But none of these documents actually made it into the public or were seen by journalists. Right. And just to give a bit of background on Discord, in case people aren't familiar with it, it's a social media platform and it's especially popular with gamers. Um people can start their own chat rooms on there. And this user, OG, was basically the leader of one of these chat rooms, which was called Thug Shaker Central. Without going into the details of that, the name refers to a very horrible racist video trope. How did the documents make their way from that closed room out into the public? Now, part of the way Discord operates is that most of the groups on Discord, which are known as servers, are private, which means that they're invite only and they're virtually invisible to outsiders. So you wouldn't even be able to search for it. Thakshika Central had around 20 members of this closed group and he continued leaking hundreds of Pentagon documents into this group for two months and those go relatively ignored. But around the 1st of March or the 2nd of March, a teen user whose username is Luca downloaded some of these documents and posted them into another larger group, which was a public group comprised of around 4,000 members. Uh, He is a young fella who's like a bit stupid when it comes to stuff he does online. One teenager that I spoke to said that he saw Luca's posts, he downloaded them, thinking they weren't real, again, thought it would be really funny to share it, and then posted it into another Discord group dedicated to the video game Minecraft, uh, under the caption, here, have some leaked documents. He didn't mean to do any harm or anything, like, bad or inappropriate or illegal, but... Yeah. Uh... He just posted it because it thought it was funny or interesting. He didn't mean anything like awful by it. From the Minecraft group, it then makes its way to 4chan, which is a platform popular with right-wing users. In this platform, I've seen this sort of heated debate about the Russia-Ukraine conflict going on. And then an anonymous user, essentially to prove a point in his argument, posts three of these classified documents. From 4chan, it is then picked up, doctored, and then circulated on pro-Russian telegram channels, one of which is called Donbas Devushka. And it's from these telegram channels that they finally catch the attention of journalists. The US governments are urgently investigating the leaking of dozens of intelligence documents on social media. Which have revealed secrets about the war in Ukraine, as well as U.S. spying on its adversaries and allies, including Israel and South Korea. Well, these documents have been circulating online for several days now, but U.S. officials clearly concerned about the impacts of them, especially when it comes to security. In the most and what was it about those documents that convinced people, oh, I think what we're looking at is real and it's important classified information? Up until the point when we heard about the Pentagon investigating, I don't think anyone thought these documents were real. And when it goes on Telegram and gets doctored by pro-Russian channels, 
there is a little bit of doubt about the authenticity of these documents, because what this doctoring essentially focused on is it inflated the number of losses of the Ukrainians and made the Russians look better. Manisha, how could these documents have been online for months without the US security forces noticing? That is simply down to the way Discord is designed. When you sign up, you sign up with a pseudonym and an email address. And if you're in a closed group that is invite only, virtually nobody from the outside can locate the group or even see what's happening inside. Because Discord, unlike other social media platforms like Facebook or Twitter, don't have moderators that work for the company. So Discord don't actually see the conversations that you're having within a closed group. Each group has a self-appointed moderator that sets the standards for the group. His standards are going to be very similar to his interests and what suits him and what he wants to share in that group. So, Manisha, these documents provide insight into the US's relationships with several countries, um, and we'll go into that in a little bit. But by far the most important revelations in terms of security are about Ukraine. What do the documents show? A majority of the documents that were leaked dealt with Ukraine's uh, capability to launch the spring counteroffensive. Um, The U.S. intelligence report warned in February that Ukraine might actually fail to amass sufficient troops and weaponry for this counteroffensive. And another document dated 23rd February provided an overview of the progress of building these combat credible brigades to lead the counteroffensive. But three of the brigades were to be generated by the Ukrainians alone while the remaining nine were to be established with the help of uh, the US and its allies. However, what we saw was, according to these documents, is that these brigades were a very long way away from readiness at the time that these documents were published, with five yet to even begin their training. And six of the brigades had half or less the equipment that they needed to actually fight. Right. So it really suggests that Ukraine's position is much weaker than the US government had been saying publicly. Yes, and it also just showed that Ukraine was completely unprepared to launch the spring counteroffensive, which was quite critical to the war at this point. And obviously, these are written from a US perspective, but they also reveal things about the UK's involvement in the Ukraine conflict as well. Yes, um, What the documents show is the level of support that the UK has provided to the Ukrainian military. So the documents I've seen detail uh, Britain's air defence supplies to Ukraine, to the UK delivery of lethal weapons, training uh, Ukrainians to use these lethal weapons. Most interestingly, one of the documents actually showed the number of special forces from NATO countries that are active in Ukraine. 
And what we found is that the most number of special forces active in Ukraine actually came from the United Kingdom. 50 of 97 special forces were British, much higher than the US, which had deployed 14 special forces, and France, which had deployed 15. And is that surprising? It is surprising because last year, the UK Minister for Armed Forces said British and NATO troops should not and must not play an active role in Ukraine. We must all be clear what the risks of miscalculation could be and how existential that could very quickly become if people miscalculate. What else did the document show about the US's involvement in other countries? The documents surprisingly showed the US spying on its allies, such as Ukraine, South Korea and Israel, And it also contained quite a lot of documentation about what Russian mercenary group Wagner was up to. So unverified documents relating to South Korea, um, sort of detail, internal discussions among top South Korean security officials who were concerned that artillery shells bound for the US could eventually find their way to Ukraine. Another one of the documents um, showed that the Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban described the U.S. as one of its top three adversaries in an internal political strategy session. It also showed that the number of Russian mercenary Wagner contractors in Mali had increased, that Wagner was seeking contracts in Haiti. And I don't think we have... We have had intelligence of the Wagner getting quite so close to the U.S. up until this point. Julian Borgia, you're The Guardian's world affairs editor, and you're talking to me now from Washington. By the end of last week, the person who's said to be responsible for the leaks was named by the media as a 21-year-old called Jack Teixeira. What can you tell us about him? He's from Massachusetts. He grew up in a conservative, patriotic family. His uh, stepfather served in the same Air National Guard unit. His friends at school described him as a, a bit of a loner, uh, self-contained, fervently Catholic uh, and and very patriotic, uh, very proud to have joined the Air National Guard uh, in 2019. And what job exactly was he doing for the Air National Guard? What he's been doing for the Air National Guard uh, on this base in Cape Cod is doing cyber maintenance. He's basically maintaining all sorts of cyber systems, but one of them is this intelligence sharing system uh, through which all branches of the military and intelligence can share classified information. So he had a level of uh, clearance that cleared him for seeing anything that was on that system. And so in his job, he was spending a lot of his time, all his time really, on computers. And he was in his personal life as well. As we mentioned earlier, Thug Shaker Central was a place where people were sharing racist content. What else do we know about the user OG from what he was posting online? 
mostly guns and military gear. Uh, the founders of this particular service all came from uh, another group that was really all about military gear. On this uh, server, he was sharing stuff about his Catholic beliefs and he would actually have sort of prayer sessions with members of the group. And he, on various occasions, expressed increasing disillusion and lack of faith in the institutions of the military and the intelligence uh, services and whether, you know, they really were there to protect the people or were they, you know, he started to spread sort of more conspiratorial views of US security institutions. The FBI launched a manhunt. How did they come to suspect that Jack Teixeira was responsible? Journalists had already reached another member of this Discord server group who'd been telling them about this mysterious user who had shared all these documents online. So they interviewed this other young member of the group and he gave them the leaker's handle, his pseudonym online, uh, and they were able to go to Discord, the company, and demand to see the billing details. And his billing details were there in the system. His home in Dighton, details about where he worked. And they just found him at his home? Yeah, he was there waiting for them. This was the moment of arrest on a driveway in North Dighton, Massachusetts. Uh, he was sitting outside at a picnic table outside his home in red shorts, uh, a green T-shirt. Now we're at Sky Eye. You can see heavily armed agents surrounding the home in Dighton early this afternoon. And they came up the drive towards uh, the house and called him to walk towards them. The tense, dramatic moments you're there, you can see Jack Texiera walking backwards with his hands behind his head. As he gingerly walked backwards and into custody, America is left to wonder how the 21-year-old had access to so much. So then on Friday, he appeared in court in Boston and he was charged under the Espionage Act. What came out in that court hearing? What are the charges against him? Uh, they were two counts of uh, retaining and transmitting uh, sensitive classified information. And attached to the charges were an affidavit by a, a FBI special agent who gave uh, some details, more details about how they tracked him down and how he'd originally spread this information around. And um, one of the interesting things that came out from that affidavit was that when he became aware that the documents had spread wider than the original Discord server, he started doing searches inside the secret military system that he had access to under the word leak. And, but ultimately, once they had his details, it turned out to be fairly straightforward because his use of the intranet uh, classified system was recorded in the system and he was just one of a few people who'd looked at these documents. How serious could this be for him if he's found guilty? This would be very serious. Each charge under the Espionage Act carries a uh, maximum sentence of 
10 years. And it's really up to the prosecution how many charges they want to do. If they want to do one charge per document, obviously that's an enormous amount of time. This, by previous record under the Espionage Act, this could be a very long prison sentence indeed. Do we know yet how he supposedly got these documents out? He seems to have printed them off the intranet uh, server at the base, folded them up and put them in his pocket. As far as we know, it was certainly in the affidavit, that's the suggestion that that's how they left the the base. And so they're going to be looking at that, the sort of physical security of of, uh, secret material. Well, it leaves big questions for American security agencies about who they're recruiting and what access they're giving their employees to information. I mean, how do they go about finding and vetting people? They really go comb back through your past and talk to all your friends and your family, uh, look on your social media, uh, see who you're in contact with. Uh, do you have any foreign contacts? They'll look at your, your politics. But here are some of the limitations on that. First, it's a snapshot of what you believe at a, t- at a certain time. And when uh, Tejero was brought into the Air National Guard, he was considerably younger. He was, a, he was a teenager and now he's 21 and seems clear that his views have evolved. And secondly, increasingly in the US political system with Trump and MAGA, you have a strain of political views which is sceptical about the military, sceptical about intelligence, sceptical of whether the establishment is serving the best interests of the people. And so you have a slice of US politics which is is dubious about the institutions that Tejero was serving in and about US intelligence and whether the US should be involved in Ukraine and so on. And so the First Amendment protections of free speech clash at a certain point with loyalty to the institution. That's an increasing problem in Trump's America. Surely, you know, if if he was putting anti-Semitic content up online, surely that would be a sackable offence. Yes, if they had seen it, the trouble was this was shared in one of these small Discord server groups. If they really went after every member of the Air National Guard uh, and looked at all their social media, including their private social media, then they would have been able to spot that. But there's a question of resources. Can you follow all the social media interactions of everyone on that system? Because there are 1.25 million people in the system who have access to top secret material. Coming up, was it in the public's interest for these documents to be revealed? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 
Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash todayinfocus. Julian, this isn't the first time, of course, that the US government has had to deal with employees leaking highly sensitive data into the public. You know, people will remember Edward Snowden's leaks 10 years ago. He was a whistleblower and he worked with The Guardian to bring the information out in a considered way. This situation is different because Teixeira purportedly was only trying to share these documents with a small group of his friends. But Do you think you'll be able to make the case that there's a public interest in releasing these documents? It's really hard to point to a a public interest argument in his defence, in that this is a sort of scattershot uh, approach. There's there's stuff about all sorts of elements of US foreign policy and uh, security and defence. And there isn't, he doesn't make an argument about why any of it is wrong. And so... It really doesn't look like this is a political whistleblower kind of case. It's uh, something quite different. It's a young man showing off to his peers. Yeah. Are you concerned about the leak? Well, I, I'm, I'm not concerned about the leak. I'm concerned that it happened. But there's nothing contemporaneous that I'm aware of that is of great consequence. Joe Biden has said that these leaks are not of great consequence. Why do you think he said that? Well, clearly it's embarrassing. Clearly he'd like to play it down. But they are clearly damaging because they show what the US does and does not know about the Russians and their military and intelligence preparations uh, and their discussions inside the Kremlin. It shows a certain amount of their collection methods, including a particular kind of uh, satellite technology called LAPIS that's little known and highly advanced. It's embarrassing because it shows the US spying on close allies like South Korea, like Ukraine and Israel using signals intelligence. In other words, uh, eavesdropping or hacking into computer systems. And also it gave away a lot about Ukraine's vulnerabilities as it approaches this spring counteroffensive, 
what it's short of. It's short of uh, anti-aircraft missiles, for example. And you could imagine that potentially being an advantage to Russia, knowing, for example, that it can start putting its planes back in the air as the Ukrainian anti-aircraft systems are kind of running short of bullets. What's the Russian government had to say about the release of these documents? Not much. They've uh, suggested that they're all fake and it's all some sort of uh, CIA uh, disinformation plot. But on the whole, they've been fairly uh, low-key. You can imagine they're quite delighted. Has Zelensky said anything? The Ukrainian government obviously has played this down privately. They are, of course, furious. They've pulled out to um, uh, The Guardian privately that uh, there's always them that's under a suspicion about whether they can be trusted. And it turns out that the the big partner, the, the US, is the one with the problem. Julian, what do the US security agencies need to do now then to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again? They're going to have to rethink how they handle the nation's secrets and get back to the original classical approach to keeping secrets is you limit the circulation to only those who need to know. They are a long way from need to know and they are going to have to strike some kind of balance between the need to share information so intelligence can get to people who could act on it and the need to keep it within a tighter circle so that some 21-year-old out in Massachusetts at a small base can have information about a war going on in Ukraine that could be really helpful to America's adversaries in Moscow. Julian, thank you very much. Thank you. That was Julian Borger. And before him, Manisha Ganguly. Check out their reporting at theguardian.com. And also, I want to recommend The Guardian's podcast series, Cotton Capital, which is investigating the paper's links to transatlantic slavery. The third episode's out now, and in it, you hear Deneen Brown, who's a journalist, travelling to the Sea Islands in the US, where she meets descendants of West African people who picked the cotton that made Manchester a rich city. There's a new episode out every Monday. Just search for Cotton Capital wherever you found this podcast. Today's episode was produced by Alex Atak and Tom Glasser. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. And the executive producer was Elizabeth Cassin. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course, and I want to talk about Club Med. 
Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. Dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor. 